It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network is your host, Brady Tran. What's up, Thunder fans? Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Brady Trantham, and I will be your host and your man for all things Oklahoma City Thunder. For the next 30 minutes or so, you are going to be so locked on Thunder that life otherwise would just seem kind of boring. And if you're still unfamiliar with who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 back in my blog boy days with ThunderDigest.com. Shout out to Chuck Cheney for giving me my first little opportunity covering a professional basketball team. And then since 20, about April 2018 with 107.7 the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 in Tulsa. So yes, the Thunder are 0-2 in their two playoff series that I have covered with the franchise. So everybody, you can go ahead and just blame it on me. That's my bad. (laughs) And you can find all my Thunder stuff, columns, blogs, updates at thefranchiseok.com. And I actually just put out something today. And on Monday, I believe I said that it was going to come out Tuesday, but then I had other projects pop up Monday, late Monday, all day Tuesday, and I had to shelve it for an extra day. I actually rewrote it about eight times. I had a lot of fun writing it, but I just wasn't satisfied with it. I tried my best to capture just the excitement that this team has kind of built up amongst the fan base, the enjoyment of watching them improve, the enjoyment seeing guys like Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari not just embrace this challenge of coming to Oklahoma City, but embrace the challenge of mentoring and bringing out the best out of a ragtag bunch of young guys who've never been in a position like this before. Also with the looming shadow that is December 15th and the ultimate reality with what this team and franchise is probably supposed to do in this situation. So just go find that out at thefranchiseok.com. Give it a read and I'll really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy it. It is the Wednesday episode, so we will be doing the crossover segment. And today we've got Mr. TV's Jerry himself, Jerry Ramsey from 107.7 The Franchise. He hosts the Franchise Players show from noon to three, Monday through Friday, along with Gabe Eichard, Kelly Gregg, and Curtis Lofton. And while that may sound like a bunch of football, and it certainly is, it's a bunch of great football talk amongst those gentlemen, but Jerry Ramsey is a basketball romantic. I've described him as such on this podcast before, but I, and I truly mean it. And I just wanted to say, I take this podcast very seriously. And in so doing, I'm not simply trying to get 
my friends on here. I'm not simply trying to get people that I work with at the franchise. I'm going to do my best to make sure that I get a diverse range of people, as diverse as it can be when you consider there's only about 20 to 25 people that consistently cover the Thunder on a day-in, day-out basis. So there's going to be some overlap. Like I've said, you're probably going to hear Maddie Lee again in a few weeks, which is great. Maddie Lee is, is amazing at her job, and she's great to talk to. Who doesn't like Maddie Lee? But basically, I just wanted to reassure everybody that if you're unfamiliar with Jerry and you're kind of familiar with me, obviously, because you've been listening to this podcast, I love basketball. I love talking hoops. And I wouldn't bring Jerry on here if he didn't know basketball. That guy is a bigger basketball nerd than I am. Obviously, older than me, so he's watched basketball a lot longer than me. He knows hoops, and he knows this market really, really well. And I thought this would be a good opportunity and a good time to bring Jerry on because of that December 15th date, because the Thunder have played so well considering expectations going into the season because they've really been embraced by this fan base. And Jerry does a good job of being locked into this market and locked into the fans of Oklahoma City and really understanding them. So so look forward to that conversation I have with Jerry coming up a little bit later. We talked about Steven Adams, Chris Paul, tr- to trade, to not to trade, all, all those good things. So look forward to that. But before we get to that segment, let's get into a few housekeeping notes. I don't want this to be a super long episode like last week's was where I I think I previewed the Pacers, reviewed some things from the days prior, and then had the 20-minute conversation with Maddie Lee. So it ended up being like a 40-minute podcast. So I'll do my best to make sure that this is a little bit quicker for everybody's enjoyment. And in so doing, I'm just going to go ahead and skip the Kings preview. They do play tonight on the road in Sacramento. It's going to be tough because Sacramento does possess talent, possess some athleticism, and the Thunder are still shorthanded, but that's the point I'm going to get to. The Thunder will be without Terrence Ferguson once again, so you'll expect to see Abdul Nader start again, which the Thunder are 3-0 ever since Abdul Nader has been in the placed into the starting lineup, but Danilo Gallinari is listed as available, which does help the Thunder because Danilo is really, really damn good. The Thunder are going to play the Kings a few more times this season. There will be times to preview them and go a little bit more in-depth about what the Kings possess, how the Thunder should attack them, how the Thunder should defend them, etc., etc., But like I said, this is Wednesday. It's a little bit of a longer episode anyway, so let's get right to it after this break. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And welcome to the crossover edition on the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every damn day. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast this far into the episode. But like like you all know by now, hopefully, Wednesdays, I sit down with another member of the Oklahoma City Thunder media, and I don't want to stroke this man's ego too much, so I just will say this at the top of the uh, interview. 
Everybody's gone. The Thunder are on the road, so there's only so many to choose from. I'm just kidding. Jerry Ramsey from 107.7, the franchise. The franchise players from noon to three, Monday through Friday. Also t- technically my boss in terms of the Thunder coverage at the franchise. It's because of him that I'm even in this spot, so shout out to you, Mr. Jerry Ramsey. Uh, but welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast, sir. Oh, stop. Just because everything you say is true doesn't mean that <laughs> you know I have to be too humble about it. No, you listen, you're doing a hell of a job. Uh, I uh, congratulate you on this new venue that you're doing here. So uh, obviously you're doing a great job with us at the franchise and uh, just look forward to uh, seeing how you continue your great coverage of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thank you. And this is quite the team to cover, Jerry. And I think we'd kind of discussed this go even going back in the summer when we would do the uh, Thunder, uh, ba- the basketball insider show on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon that I always plug on the show that we are actually doing this Saturday. I'm excited to get back on into the swing with that. Um, but I think we kind of talked about it all last summer before the trades went down with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. We all had to sit there and say, yes, this team is talented and should uh, threaten for a Western Conference Finals run. And then we would go to break and just kind of look at each other and go, but we know that's not going to happen because we know how this team is. And we saw the ceiling of that team. That obviously isn't the case anymore. This team is much different. They're 11 and 12, Jerry. And I'm actually glad that I got you on at this time because it's obviously before December 15th when certain things can happen. We don't know if they will or when they will occur, but I mean, something is probably going to happen, but it's going to be a little shocking i guess when the time does come jerry and i'm, I'm writing about this on the franchise okay.com i was trying to finish it today but other things happen so i'll get that out tomorrow but i'm starting to get a sense from this fan base jerry and you do a good job of speaking for the fan base at times um they're 11 and 12 they're seventh in the western conference standings there is a thought from the fan base at least that i'm sensing that why not just go for it this season why not just go get into the playoffs and just see what happens now the expectations are still low if that happens but People are falling in love with this team. The, the hustle, the improvement subtly from game to game, just the desire, the, the energy, the emotion that you can see from the bench. People are falling in love with this team, and it's going to be a little stark when that day comes, if it comes, that a Chris Paul, a Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, or whoever else is traded. You know what, Brady? I have uh, small kids. Uh, I've raised three kids that are in their 20s now. Uh, here's what I know. I know the kids love candy, chocolate, sweets, all that stuff. Why can't we have ice cream for dinner? And that's what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base right now. (laughs) They're getting that taste of uh, candies, of sugar, of, man, they shouldn't have won that. Man, do you see that hustle? Who are these guys? What is this? And it's young and it's exciting. Kind of like, you know, know, whenever there was a guy named Durant and Westbrook and Harden and Abaca that were here in the uh, late uh, aughts and and early uh, teens here. But... If the truth is, is that this uh, fan base needs its vegetables. It needs to know there's a five-year plan. And Presty told, listen, if you listen to what Presty says, and I know it's hard for your everyday lay guy to listen to his press conferences and, you know, go 90 minutes and, and really take what he says, but he told us this was not going to be a complete teardown to begin, but there was going to be a reimagining of what, the Oklahoma City Thunder were. So what do you do? You get guys in here like Chris Paul. You get Danilo Gallinari. You got Dennis Schroeder. You have guys that have played in the NBA for a long time. They know how to win. And what they've done is they've taken on that, uh, you know, that tutor role. 
and uh, these young guys have bought in. I mean, look at Lou Dort the last couple of games. <laughs> Lou Dort is flying in, you know, throwing in dunks off of passes from Schroeder, just playing dogged defense all over the place. You can't get that from a veteran that's been in the league three or four years. You can't. These young guys have bought in to the, you know, the somewhat Yoda-type figures that Schroeder and Chris Paul and Steven Adams are. So that's where this mix has come from. But it's candy, bro. It's cotton candy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to go away. It's bad for your teeth. It's not a real deal. And uh, unfortunately, this, uh, this fan base is going to get a taste of what the real deal is here in the next couple of years. Yeah, and I think Eric Horn from The Athletic put it best last night. Somebody was in his mention saying, like, why not? Basically, what the question I just asked you, Jerry, like, why not just go for it? Um, it maybe this is the, the way to go about things. And Eric was like, first of all, no, you don't. The Thunder need to get high draft picks, and that's going to come naturally. But maybe um, in the meantime, and it's something that I've been talking about on this podcast um, over the last week and a half or so, in the meantime, you know, they are in a little bit of a winning culture. Um, in terms of just their win-loss record. Um, something that I think is actually a good thing, but you may scoff at, like, the casual NBA fan might scoff at this, but it is important. The Thunder have at least beaten teams worse than them consistently, more than consistently. Outside of maybe Washington is definitely worse than them. Losing on the road to San Antonio, I know technically they are a worse team than the Thunder, but uh, they are still the San Antonio Spurs, and LaMarcus Aldridge always cooks the Thunder. So outside of those two examples, the Thunder beat bad teams. What does that tell me? Well, it means they're in the middle. They're about a ver- they're a good team. Good teams beat bad teams. That's why the Spurs made the playoffs a lot of those years after Tim Duncan retired. It's because they just chopped up a bunch of wins because they beat bad teams. But I guess what you can take out of that though is guys like Shea, Darius, Hamadou, Terrence, whoever else is a part of the the ultimate rebuild. At least this isn't like Process Philadelphia where they are just. You throw them out there and they lose. You're not learning anything in that sense. All you're learning to do is losing. At least these guys are being put into a culture and a situation where when the time does come, when the Thunder can say that, okay, we've reloaded now, we've drafted, now let's put it all together. At least there is a history, a foundation of, okay, we're trying to win. This is a winning culture. Brady, last okay, last night, who were your starters, right? Chris Paul, just a grizzled veteran Hall of Famer. Steven Adams, a uh, Thunder legend, right? And then you start to look around. Who else is starting? Darius Baisley? Uh, Abdul Nader? The Thunder are 3-0 with Abdul Nader in the starting lineup, by the way. (laughs) It's happening right now in front of your face. What you don't understand is they keep winning, and so you don't realize, oh, my gosh, it's happening right now. It's right in front of us. Chris Paul... I have so much respect for Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite players uh, of all time for the mere reason is that he is such a competitor that he's actually turned off guys. The Clippers turned him off, right? The Houston Rockets turned him off because he expected more. He wanted more out of those guys. And at some point when you have an ego as big as James Harden, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, some of those guys, you think, I don't need this guy chirping at me like I'm a rookie anymore. So put him in a situation where you have all these rookies. Yeah, he's going to squeeze the most out of them. I think what's come out of this, to be honest with you, for Chris Paul is a rehabilitation of who he is and what he is. Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City Thunder is just benefiting in wins and losses for the fan bases. But the front office, I bet you never saw this coming, that everybody would buy in this quickly. 
I mean, no question. I'm glad you brought up Chris Paul, though, because, you know, when the trade originally went down and I saw on Twitter that it was exactly 150 days ago, it was the last time the NBA had a trade. It was Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. 150 days ago and no trades, which is incredible in and of itself. But um, when that originally went down, I mean, the reporting at the time was, okay, there's going to be a third team. So I guess like you, like me, we were just sitting here waiting for that third team, probably the Miami Heat to emerge, and then that would be the end of that deal. Chris Paul at this age, with what he's known for, is not going to come to Oklahoma City in a rebuild mode. Um, It has nothing to do with the city. I don't think Chris Paul cares exactly where he plays as long as that team is trying to win basketball games and can win basketball games. Um, So I had that thought going into the year. And 22, 23 games into the season, Jerry, it's, to me, like, yes, there is a part of me that understands it's beneficial for Chris Paul to basically be the good soldier. But I I think he's being very genuine with this opportunity of being a mentor and trying to get the most out of a a ragtag roster and a roster that is um, reliant on a lot of young talent. I think there's a part of him that's really taken to mentoring Shea Gildas-Alexander, mentoring Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo. He has nothing but great things to say about them, and he's just as optimistic about them and their futures as I would say most Thunder fans are. Um, He could have very well just tanked this season and just been a poor sport, but he's not just benefiting himself. He's benefiting the Thunder in the short term in terms of them winning games and also showing Shea and Darius Hamadou how to be an NBA player at, at a high level, how to compete at a high level, and how to win games. I don't think that you should make the mistake ever of forgetting this is Oklahoma City, and this is the city that basically opened his arm, opened their arms to him as a rookie. Yeah, he was New Orleans, Oklahoma City, but he played a ton of games and spent a ton of time in Oklahoma City. I think if this happens to him and he has to go to Charlotte or he has to go to you know another place, Sacramento, maybe that uh, he doesn't have that tie with, maybe he doesn't have that passion that he has playing for Oklahoma City fans. So I, I really do think when Presti pulls that deal, because uh, Russell Westbrook, that was the only guy in the league that could match up straight up to go with Chris Paul, that there was something to it that if Chris Paul did happen to play in Oklahoma City, he was at least going to have a running start here. Yeah, no question. It's um, I mean, It was kind of surreal when we were um, – Actually, you weren't in the media room. You were actually talking to a lot of random players on the on 107.7 the franchise. But when Chris Paul took the podium at Media Day and was like just rattling off like street names and restaurants that he'd go to in Oklahoma City or up in Edmond, it was a little like wow. Like I can't believe a this is happening. Like just two months ago, we were talking to Russell Westbrook and he's gone. Now it's Chris Paul. Um, I guess the point that I'm trying to get to other than just at some point this is going to end and it's going to be a little bit of a culture (laughs) shock for Thunder fans in the short term. Everything I, this is about the best case scenario of a rebuild as I think you could possibly have. Cause not only did the Thunder avoid the potential pitfall of a superstar player of the level of Paul George, um, causing a public stink like an Anthony Davis because he wants to be traded out there. They avoided that. They also got a really good haul, an historic haul. Cool. And then they were forced to then trade their foundational superstar, their their the you know, the player that's going to have the first statue outside of Reno Avenue on Ch- outside of Chesapeake Energy Arena. They had to do that. They got a little bit of a haul, but they also got somebody to help them in the short term. And now still like their their rebuild process, what everybody is just most fans are just clawing for, just lose all these games. I don't care, just get as high of a draft pick as you can possibly get that's still on the horizon. 
I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess the point is just enjoy what you have while you have it because it's going to end. The losses will then mount, and even then, it's going to be a little hard in the short term. Well, then you know, and I know by going into the locker room and seeing these guys up close and spending some time with them, they seem to be enjoying themselves. They're enjoying themselves. They're enjoying each other. They don't know how long this is going to last. And think about it, Brady. They they get all the benefit of the doubt. They're supposed to lose all the time. So when they now that they're starting to win, I mean, Oklahoma City is like, you know, who was it the uh, major league? You know, these guys aren't so, you know, these guys aren't so bad. These guys aren't, aren't you know, they they don't suck as bad as we thought they did, and they're enjoying every <laughs> bit of it. And yeah, every now and then, like we heard the other night against Indiana, whenever they had a little bit of a, you know, a, a scuffle, a, a a rumble, if you will, in the locker room, whatever yeah. it was. Uh, a disturbance in the force if you want to go Star Wars with it. Even after that, look how they bounce back from that. I mean, that is a veteran team right now that is doing things a veteran way. And there's no way that you get that in a rebuild uh, coming, you know, coming off of what you did historically with Carmelo Anthony, Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and I guess segueing into, I guess, the reality of what people are looking forward to, or at least a good portion of the fan base. Um, I don't know if you got to catch, um, like, all the, the stuff that came from The Athletic from Sh- um, Shams Charania earlier, either yesterday or today, I can't remember, where um, rival GMs have basically said that the Thunder are willing to take on a big sure. contract yeah. in terms of getting a young asset or whatever. But then uh, Adrian Wojnarowski goes on the jump earlier today and says, no, Sam Presti told me that they are not willing to do that. <laughs> they are uh, wanting to compete for a playoff run. So it's hard to kind of weed through the BS. Um, if you followed this team, covered this team for a few years, um, Sam Presti does usually err on the side of public optimism in terms of the team that he currently has. That's his job. Um, even though he told us at his preseason availability, Jerry, that he's not a salesman, he kind of is, and he's been doing yeah. it ever since he wrote that op-ed in the Oklahoman in the offseason. He's selling a product, or at least playing the part of selling a product, but um, it's going to be a wild next week or so, because I don't think anything's going to happen December 15th, but I mean, that that's when we're all going to be living on pins and needles, and um, I feel bad for you since you are hashtag blocked by uh, Woj, but every time... <laughs> I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski had a tweet out today, and it was just, I think, a, a jump advertisement that he was going to be on it. But it went across my screen, and I was like, oh, God, what just happened? Because I'm starting to get into that mode now. See, I don't have to deal with that crap. First of all, I put Shams uh, on notification, and I'm getting just the same amount of info as anybody else. So I don't have to worry <laughs> about that nerd Woj and uh, what he does. <laughs> By the way, do you see how he, how he dressed on the, on the jump today? I didn't see how he dressed. I just saw oh, a quote from him. I'm going to send you a picture, and you could see. He had one of those t- – first of all, he's wearing a sweatshirt. Way to dress up for national television there, Woj. And it had like a uh, T-shirt underneath that obviously he's worn to the gym a couple of times. I mean, just what a disgrace. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to completely bash Woj on your podcast, and I'm sorry to do that. But the guy's a complete nerd and a uh, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, he did step on my foot at Summer League two years ago. I mean, it was an accident. Like, it was a crowded little walkway. But I can. it was, A, shocking to see Woj in person. I was just like, whoa, this is this is a surreal moment. And then the other part was he stepped on my foot, and he's wearing a polo. He's not in a suit. This is just, whoa, okay. Yeah, But so I sent you the picture. It's on your phone. And where this all deep-rooted comes from is a couple of years ago, uh, that media row that we have, 
the bottom media row. They gave up the franchise seat for Woj. This is before he was even on ESPN. And, like, the guy just, like, looked like he was either looking up or straight ahead the entire time. Uh, you know, too busy for anything or anybody. And I know. He's like texting I said, an guy, agent, probably. He's getting the scoop. The guy is probably uncomfortable. He probably sweats in public, has sweaty hands and stuff like that. <laughs> Not everybody are, is people, uh, you know, people, people like you and I. You and I, we, we, we you know, walk in a room. We walk in a room. You know, we want to know who's there, what's going on, how everybody is. He looks like the kind of guy that would just kind of go in a corner and take notes like a hall monitor. Oh, See, I'm doing it again. I don't just, want to bash him. We're just a couple of plebs covering basketball, man. Don't worry about it. It's just the way, <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it is. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What have you, like, basketball-wise, what have you thought about Stephen Adams' resurgence? As I segue from um, bashing Woj, which is, I, I guess, like basketball media sin, as close as you can get to basketball media original sin. But yeah, look, basketball, Stephen Adams, good stuff, right? <laughs> you know what? I think he's healthy. I think he's exactly. healthy, and, and that is everything to do with it. Uh, I, one great thing about Stephen Adams with Russell Westbrook is I think he took everything good from Russell Westbrook. He saw what it was like to go uh, 100 miles an hour every single day, hard in practice, and just his personality as a guy. Honestly, I think if he worked at a Walmart as a stalker or if he was a guy working construction, um, laying cement, like he would have the same work ethic. The guy just does a job, and I think it's phenomenal. I work with a guy with Kelly Gregg. That's the same way. doesn't matter that he's on the radio. didn't matter that he was playing nose guard for the Raven. Like, he basically clocked in and did a job. And so when Steven Adams is healthy, Steven Adams is going to give you everything he has. And uh, I love the joy in his eyes uh, talking about his charge. The first charge in seven years. And he's like, I usually don't want to brag, but, you know, I got my charge. Talk about that. Let me know about that. Like, that tells you the kind of guy he is. He has that self-awareness and he does a great job. He does. He does his job. Yeah. And you know, there's a part of me, like when he was dealing with injury, I mean, the thunder rarely tell you what's going on a hundred percent of the time, unless they absolutely have to. And with Steven Adams, injuries, you know, they could err on the side of just, you know, just giving us the bare minimum for all we know, like Steven could have very well been more injured than they were letting on. But all I could go with was that he had a knee bruise. And my whole thing was, I get that he's dealing with some nagging injury, but the way that he plays the, his injury history, if he has one, he's never really missed significant time, but he has always dealt with nagging injury. I would just come to the conclusion that maybe he's just going to be a guy that deals with injuries constantly and going back to about last season, um, after the All-Star break, I think I went on the radio with uh, Sam Mays on the Triple M Ranch, and uh, he asked me, and I straight up said, I think Steven Adams has plateaued. And it's because I haven't seen that, that next jump that we've been waiting for since maybe about 2016-17. He's, he's stagnated in terms of he's never been able to take that next step offensively. 
at the time he had not sh- tried to, or even attempted to stretch the floor. And he would always get hurt after the All-Star break. They would never sit him. They would never monitor his minutes, and it would show in, in his fatigue. And so I just kind of came to that conclusion. But now, I mean, yes, it's only five games, but he looks so comfortable from the free throw line. He's hitting free throws at a 78% clip over the last five or six games. He They are running sets for him on the corner to do something <laughs> with the basketball, whether it's him spotting up and shooting, which he, he took his second or his technically his first regular season three pointer of his NBA career against the uh, was it the Pacers? He missed it, or it was against Minnesota. Uh, he missed that, but they ran a set play against the Jazz last night, and he dribbled around a Shea Gillis Alexander screen. Who I mean, it, it looks so cute him trying to screen Rudy Gobert. He just basically tried to block <laughs> him, uh, but it worked, and Stephen got to the bucket and scored. I mean, he he's showing in just short little glimpses that a little bit of a hint of that next step that we've all been waiting for. And I kind of, I guess this kind of takes us back to the, the reality of the situation. What are you going to do? Or how about this? What would the fan base do if Steven Adams is traded? They know, I mean, they know, uh, and just, you know, appreciate what he did for Oklahoma city. I mean, but they understand his limitations. They understand he was a piece for Russell Westbrook and, uh, you know, kind of taking over for Kendrick Perkins and that, you know, that era. He's a part of that era. And so when he leaves, it was fantastic. It was great. They're going to miss him. But just like Russell Westbrook's going right now, uh, I think the fan base will just take a breath and just go, man, you know, that sucks he's gone. But that that dude gave us everything they had. I think they'll continue to wear 12 jerseys around here uh, if if he is traded. Yeah, um, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. If there is a good deal out there, then, I mean, Sam Presti would be, I don't even know if he'd be a little silly not to take it, but because there is a part of me that thinks Steven Adams could be a part of this rebuild. He's still relatively young. Um, he's about to enter his prime in terms of his age. Um, you, you could also use him as basically a much better Nick Collison on steroids in terms of his locker room presence, his leadership, how he can set a tone for the Thunder culture for players to come while also making an impact on the floor, whereas Nick Collison, back in his day with the Thunder, not that not that impactful in terms of a game-to-game basis. Um, you can I can look at it that way. I can also look at it as Steven Adams is a potentially attractive trade piece that could potentially bring the Thunder a haul. So there's just so much with this team. It's so hard to like really sit down and say, this is my idea of the Oklahoma City Thunder 2019-20, because as soon as you have that idea, something could change. Well, and then too, listen, I think they're going to be a little more careful with Steven Adams than they are with uh, some of the other guys because he does do everything for you off the court as far as the face of your organization, uh, somebody that the fans absolutely love and can identify with. So I think that that will come into play when it comes. And I'm telling you, to be honest with you, that might have come into play with him not already being gone. Uh, him being a, a big face of the organization. So it's going to have to be a really good deal uh, when Steven Adams is finally moved. Well, Jerry, uh, thank you so much for jumping on the crossover here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I appreciate it. Um, anything um, you don't write, but you do work every day. And we do have the <laughs> uh, the Basketball Insider Show on Saturday that I'm looking forward to uh, from 10 a.m. to noon on 107.7, 107.9 Tulsa. Um, and like I always say, if you're out of the market, please download the app and listen to us talk basketball. But, I mean, what are you excited as we jump into more basketball-centric coverage moving forward with the franchise? 
is this my plug section? Follow me at TV's Jerry. Yes. Uh, listen here, honestly, uh, if you love basketball, uh, that's what me, Brady Madison, and John Ham bring to you. We have four people that absolutely love basketball, and not just Thunder basketball. We love basketball. And so when the four of us get together, it is a great show, a great time, or any one of the pieces of us four get together. So, And that's what you said on Saturdays uh, from 10 to 12, and we usually post those as a podcast, but the Franchise Thunder Insiders show a bunch of fun and a bunch of facts. It's a nice combination of both. We're not just a fan show and we're not just a fact show we sort of mix it up and do a great job so do that uh, like i said follow me at tv's jerry i live tweet a ton of the games and i give a unique perspective i try not to go and copy what the guy from the oklahoma or the athletic just said <laughs> and do it in different words i actually try to come up with uh, interesting takes on what's going on uh, in the basketball game and just like you said excited for after december 25th that's when the NBA always has gotten incredibly interesting for everyone, not just basketball nerds like us. And so I think with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the bubbling under of who's going to go where and who's going to go when, it's almost like a, a cliffhanger. And I don't, you know, I don't know if they do those anymore on the uh, YouTubes or the Twitches anymore, Brady. But <laughs> back in the when in the seventies and eighties, when I would watch a, a cliffhanger on the Love Boat, I had to wait till next week to see what was going on. I think that every game after December 15th is going to be a cliffhanger uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, wondering who's going to show up in that locker room the next day. So that's what I'm excited for. Cliffhanger is also a very, very good, bad movie with Sylvester Stallone that is awesome to get drunk to. Highly recommend I've seen it, it one time. It is I had, so I bad. Ball. It was, you know, it's really, like you said, it's bad, like in a really good way. I guess it's an awesome movie that is terrible. I it know is, what you're saying. Yeah, it's comically laugh out loud bad, but it's it's enjoyable. If it's on TV and you've got some friends over, just have a few beers and have fun. Highly recommend it. But Jerry, yeah, cliffhanger. <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much for jumping on. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, buddy. Anytime. Everybody, thank you so so much for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Look forward to hearing from you guys as we keep going on this podcast journey through the season. Don't forget that tomorrow is Thursday, so that means Throwback Thursday. I wonder what Thunder-related gym I'm going to dive into tomorrow. I'm excited to do some research, excited to go back into my Thunder memory bank, relive some fun memories, relive some fun games. I'll try my best not to do as many Kevin Durant things for your pleasure. (laughs) Uh, Sadly, that dude is all over a big portion of this team's history so i'll do my best to sprinkle it here and there and not overload you because i I know the feelings are still a little sensitive and i i understand and i don't blame you but again thank you for listening to locked on thunder podcast until thursday i'll talk to you later hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.